You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, all of my amazing, wonderful friends. Welcome back to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward ass ideals we have here in the United States. This is episode 138 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is normally Ken Melvoin-Berg, but guess what? This week, you got just me for the whole episode and a guest, but I'll get there. Ken and I, we're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and of course, we are kinky perverts too. This week, we are unlocking the secrets of flirting, seduction, and foreplay with Marla Renee Stewart. Now, you've heard from Marla before on our Race and Kink episode. She is a sexologist and sex coach who runs her own sex company, Velvet Lips, and she's also a co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference. She's been featured on a variety of media outlets like Netflix's Trigger Warning with Killer Mike and Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. She co-wrote her first book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay with Dr. Jess, and it came out earlier this year. So, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I am telling you, grab a pen and paper, take notes during this conversation. For me, this was so helpful. It was almost as if I had my own like how to flirt coaching session. And I know it's going to land that way for you too. Marla tells us about her seduction learning styles, which are sort of like love languages, but for flirting, and how we can use them to really wow our partners. We also learn how to plant sex seeds and keep them watered and growing. We talk about how determining consent style is key when flirting with new partners, how to flirt using technology during this time of social distancing, and how folks that have trouble reading nonverbal clues, that's me, can flirt and be flirted with effectively. You'll also learn how cultural and generational differences affect our flirting styles. Plus, Marla teaches some advanced flirting skills too. There is so much good stuff. I want to get to it fast. So let's wash the balls as quick as we can so we can get to it. What's washing the balls, you ask? Well, it is what we call housekeeping here on American Sex. So first order of business, I want to give you a heads up that we're going to be on hiatus next week for one week, and we'll be back Monday, September 7th. I hate to take another week off, but things have been bananas here in the Megatron household. If you follow me on social media, you've probably heard the news. You've read that recently my youngest adult daughter, unfortunately, got COVID. Yeah. And she's very careful. She limits her time out out of the house. She always wears a mask, washes her hands, uses the hand sanitizer, the whole deal. In other words, she does everything exactly the way they tell us we all need to do it. So right now, this is a big, huge PSA for all you American fuckers, because I know it's been, we're what, like, at least six months in, 
we're getting a little lax, right? We're like, oh, we got this down. Oh, maybe I didn't hand sanitizer my hands at one time. Uh, do it. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Use that sanitizer. You know, if you think you're going overboard with whatever your uh, you know cleanliness routine is when it comes to this virus, you're not. Just do it. Do whatever you're doing some more. Do it well and take care of yourself. So, so far, knock on wood, the kid's okay. You know, she's got some symptoms, definitely, but it's nothing that's terrible. It's not the horror stories you read about in the paper. Thank goodness, but, you know, that can change any day. Like, every day's different at this point, and she's already pretty beat down from her other chronic illness. Like, before she started this, the doctors are like, you are dehydrated, so it's kind of not good. I want to take as much time as I can to tend to all of that. So, hence, nothing next week. You'll see me back on Monday, 9-7. And hopefully I'll have great stories to report to you. Like, oh, everybody's fine now. So keep those fingers crossed. Now, secondly, I am not taking any time off from our free Wednesday night live stream that we do every single week on Get Vocal. You're still going to see me there. So this coming Wednesday, the 26th of August, our guest is Mistress Justine Cross, who is going to give us all the goods and teach us about pleasurable and effective impact play. You can catch our free sex ed live streams every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Sunny Get Vocal. And if you miss that link or any link we talk about in this episode, they will always be in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. Go ahead and look for the notes for episode 138. Um, also at our Get Vocal link, you can catch recordings of all of our past live streams too, like last week's show when Ken and I had an amazingly wonderful conversation. I geeked out so hard. We talked with Stefanos and Shay about edge play. It was so good. Please go back and watch that if you didn't catch it. Again, see us every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. at bit.ly slash sunny get vocal. And speaking of free things, I hope you have joined our sex positive free discord community. If not, hop on it. It's at bit.ly slash Discord ASP. There we talk about sex and BDSM, mental health and sex toys and also off topic stuff like gaming or funny memes, recipes, you name it. We're talking about it. It's a super friendly and active community. And we want you to join us. And again, if you didn't catch that link, it's going to be in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com for episode 138. Oh, Wait, I know, I know you know the routine, right? Because you know exactly what time it is right now. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Our Patreon family keeps growing and growing. I want to give a big, huge welcome and a heartfelt appreciation to Juliana for becoming a recent American Sex Podcast Patreon supporter. You can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member too at patreon.com slash American Sex. And you get stuff too, like bonus stories from our guests. This week, Marla told us one that I have titled the cunnilingus panty caper. 
gotta listen to it. You also get our extra full-length episodes, all of our regular episodes early, American Sex Podcast stickers sent you in the mail, a shout-out on the podcast, and a bunch of other stuff, too. You know, and one thing I want to say, Ken and I give almost all of our content away for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast. And we do that because we believe these conversations are important. They are critical. They are relationship improving, life changing, and in some cases, life saving. They're marriage saving. I mean, they're a lot of saving in lots of different ways. What I'm saying is everybody should have access to them. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. And also during this bleak economic time, you are actually like literally helping put dinner on our table like shit's weird right now. Um, so again, that address is patreon.com slash American sex. Okay, we have thoroughly washed the balls. These balls are clean, American fuckers. Get ready to bone up on the art of teasing and pleasing with Marla Renee Stewart. Okay, on the line, I've got Marla Renee Stewart. And Marla, you're going to help me learn about flirting and seduction and foreplay because I have a secret. I suck at it. So welcome (laughs) And thank you in advance for making my life better. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. But yes. Oh, I love you. We love you. you ha- <laughs> your brain is so awesome and you have so much good information. So I am, I am not kidding. Like people think, oh, but you're a sexuality educator. You're a rock star at everything. And I actually suck at flirting and seduction. This is I say this is one of the reasons when I found the sex positive community, I found my people. Because instead of like flirting and winking and you picking up the nonverbal cues, which I have a learning disability, which makes me not able to pick up nonverbal cues very well. In the sex positive community, we can just be like, I think you're very attractive. Would you like to play? Like we could just Mm -hmm. like lay everything out on the table. So, but I want to be a better seducer and, and flirter. So help. Where do we start? (laughs) So it's so interesting because I wonder like, are you better at romance? Uh, (laughs) Not really. Because like I I suck at romance, right? Like I have to hire like a a romance concierge if I'm gonna like do anything romantic for whatever reason. I'm just like not gifted in that category. But I can yeah. like flirt up a storm, right? Like I love flirting. I love like, you know, teasing, pleasing, being seductive. I can do all of that stuff. But the romantic stuff and I love it on me. Like I love like Esther's really good at being romantic, but I am Ooh, it, it, I struggle a bit. So anyway, I was just see curious. I yeah, go ahead. yeah, I'm, I suck at romance. But I think for me, and being someone who has a hard time reading nonverbal cues, I'm very hyperverbal. So if I can flirt, while I am very clearly verbalizing what's happening, then I'm great. It's the like winky eye innuendo <laughs> stuff that I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> so I guess that's the first question. 
can you flirt and seduce being very verbal and very, I don't know, verbally clear with your intentions and what you're doing? Or does it always have to be like, winky eye, hint, hint, like we're playing a murder mystery game and you got to <laughs> guess my riddle, you know? <laughs> so Maybe not murder mystery, unless that's your sexy thing. I'm not going to judge, not going to judge your kinks, not going to kink shame, but you know. No. <laughs> but I love it, though. I love it because it, in a sense, like, um, what we talk about um, in the it, what Jess and I talk about in the book or what I particularly um, brought to the book of the ultimate guide to seduction and foreplay is I brought the seduction learning styles, which I have been teaching for as long as I've been doing my or as long as I've been having my business, which is about 10 years. So I've been mm-hmm. teaching the seduction learning styles for quite a long time. So I was super, super excited that like I was ecstatic when Jess was like, hey, I need you on this book. And I'm like, yes. So uh, I just have to say when I found out that you guys wrote a book together, I love you both. And I was like, I nearly wet my pants. So I'm just <laughs> putting that out there. Yes, yes. Um, so when thinking about like seduction, um, I was like, okay, well, we've got to have the seduction learning styles and she has her, you know, the core erotic feeling and elevated erotic feeling. But when Mm -hmm. thinking about seduction and the seduction learning styles, I say, hey, they're, you know, you're, you know, either visual auditory or tactile, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe you're a combination of two, maybe you're all even on all three of those things. Whatever the case may be, we the ways that we get seduced are different from each other. And we have to Ah. really tap in um, to what that person needs in order for them to feel connected to you. And so So are these kind of like like flirt languages, like how people have heard of the love languages? Is it sort of a similar? Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I guess you could kind of say it's like flirt languages, right? Um, Okay. And so uh, it is, so thinking about it, you really have to, like I said, sometimes you're visual. So you're like, oh, the winky eye, right? And so the winky eye might constitute as flirting. And also, it's very visual, right? Mm -hmm. So for people who are more visual, Um, eye contact is huge so having eye contact and really it's not necessarily the wink but it's actually the direct eye contact that Mm. um that helps to seduce people okay yeah and so even thinking about so with visual people there's lots of different things you can do right so one is to make sure your place is tidy right cleaning up the clutter Uh, Making sure that everything is in its place, because if they're visual, they like to look at everything in the room, right? And if they're looking at everything in the room and everything in the room is not in its proper place, guess what? They don't have their eyes on you. And so that can be an issue. And then for visual people, they're very, um, they're visual, right? So they use their imaginations, So when you're talking to them, you need to like have some very descriptive stories, right? So in thinking about um, you, Sunny, thinking about like, hey, you have to rely on um, sort of the auditory or, you know, what people are saying. So when you're wanting to connect with someone who's visual, it's going to be super, super helpful for you to describe things, right? So like, Mm -hmm. you know, the purple rose, you know, bloomed in the, you know, green pool with whatever, right? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But just 
telling the stories that are like you can see all of the elements in the story, right? Right. And then um, dressing, of course, right? Like wearing really um, eye-catching clothes um, or no clothes, right? Like a striptease could be something um, you can do. And then also the way that we move. So if you are um, trying to appeal to someone who is visual, if the room is busy, then you need to be staying still or moving slowly, as opposed to if the room is sitting still, then you need to be entering the room or being the person that's in motion in the room to get someone's attention. So, yeah. Interesting. All right. And so I'm the person who I have like... I have visual spatial uh, processing issues, so I'm not visual. So I'm curious about auditory because I think that's my jam. I think you are auditory yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want to know. Tell me about what things I can hear. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the ways that people can connect to you or um, have, um, or the ways that people can seduce you and the ways that you need is to help give you feedback, right? So like if you're telling a story, asking about that story, asking, you know, giving them feed, giving you, you know, giving you feedback um, about the story, really having you to be invested in the conversation. It's so funny because with auditory people, they're always like, I love a good conversation, right? Yeah. And yeah. in reality, they really love to hear their voice, right? Ah. <laughs> They so really you just you just voice. you just pointed me out as a Leo too in yeah. one full swoop. Thank you. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> it's so so fascinating, right? Um, I and it's it's fascinating. It's always fascinating to me because I can because I've been doing this work for so long. I actually can see like the difference between people. I can pick up cues right away to know whether they're visual, auditory, or tactile. So anyway, um, some other ways to seduce you, Sunny, would be uh-huh. to um, use different words, right? So words that we don't normally use in everyday language um, that would help to... Uh, usually people are stimulated by either the lots of syllables Mm-hmm. Or the words themselves. So if there's a word like you possibly don't know or that you have to look up, that's also like really sexy and tempting. You know what's sexy to me? And what? this is so dorky. Alliteration and puns. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Pull out a good pun in the middle of like a very hot moment and I, I'm done. Yes. yes. Oh, see, everybody's <laughs> getting the secrets on how to tap right? into you. Actually, yeah. the whole reason I did this episode is so my poly, my future poly partners can listen to this. And no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. But I will direct them to this episode. Just FYI. Yes. <laughs> As well, you should. You'd be like, hey, hey, listen, listen up here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, um, so alliteration puns, all of those things that are really exciting that hit the that hit the ears, you know, well for you are really, mm-hmm. you know, those are very very sexy to people. And then, you know, um, you know what's interesting though, like you when you first started talking about this, like I immediately was you, like we can't see each other because we're not on Zoom, 
but my mouth was open because I was like, oh my God, you just read me when you were saying that we need verbal feedback. And I I engage in a lot of BDSM and I'm uh, a top. Mm-hmm. So I when I'm negotiating, I tell my submissives and I also find who's a good match for me or not. I'm like, you have to emote like if I'm hitting you, if I'm, you know, psychologically mind fucking you, whatever. Mm-hmm. I need verbal feedback from you. I need moans. I need words. I need if you are a silent submissive, I can't play with you because it's just I feel like I'm we're speaking two complete different languages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're absolutely right. And it's so funny. I was just getting ready to say, like, you might like some, like, you have to have some sort of something, right? So whether it's a moan, like, "Mm," or some sort of breathy tone or something, you, that has to be highlighted for people who are auditory. So yes, you need Mm -hmm. those, you need that feedback for sure. And it's so funny when I have clients who are like, Oh, but I'm like silent during sex. And then like their partner is like an auditory person. And I'm like, that's not going to work. Like, yeah, you're it's not going to work. So either you need to learn how to say something or move or y'all are going to go into a negative tailspin, you know, quickly (laughs) because they need the feedback. They need those those moans. They need, you know, to hear something. So, yeah. And so there's an, uh, other ways, too, that you probably might be able to be seduced is um, how people talk to you, right? So I usually encourage people to use like low, soft, deep tones, right? So not so so speaking like this, not speaking like this, right? Like can mm-hmm. really help people to understand the difference and why it matters. So... Mm. Um, there's that. And then also music. Do you like music? I love music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like when seducing people who are auditory, thinking about their favorite music, not necessarily your favorite music, but their favorite music and, and how it moves them is, is super, super important. So Oh, that's so true. Because like when I'm with a partner and it's like, let's put on some sexy music. And if my definition of sexy music is very different than their definition of sexy music and they put on their sexy music, it ruins the whole experience. I'm like, I cannot listen to, you know, REO Speedwagon while we're (laughs) fucking. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So next time you should be like, let me be in charge of the music. (laughs) Oh, I always have this thing, too. I'm like, you know, for your different partners, they can design a playlist for you. And I really, uh, I really love like, you know, the Google assistants or whatever. And um, the Spotify combination, because you can create a playlist and tell Spotify. It's so sexy. Like, you know, I'm not going to say it right now because, you know, they're listening. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you'd be like, you know, hey, assistant, play Sonny's. Um, play Sonny's Dirty Kinky playlist and it'll play it and then I feel like that is super sexy because then people have taken the time to make you a playlist and you can make it put it on request right I love it yeah love it (laughs) so I have a feeling that you're also probably a little tactile considering you're in kink right 
Probably, yeah. <laughs> tell, well, tell me what tactile is. Like, I mean, obviously it's touch, but what are the details? Yeah, so people who are tactile, um, they really get seduced and learn by touching things, right? And the way that they touch things. So it's super, super important with tactile people, like if you want to seduce them, to actually think about the way that you're touching them. So whether it's like, you know, the pads of your fingers or your fingertips or the palms of your hands, you know, how, you know, you're relaying that pressure on them is going Mm -hmm. to make a difference on whether they pay attention to you or not. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) And then like dancing with them is also, you know, can be something around tactile people. Um, Tactile people are those people that like, you know, they like to play footsies. They like to like always be connected to you. They're the people like in the bed. If you're in bed with them, they're always in the bed. And or if you're always in the bed with them, excuse me, that you are um, that they're touching you in some way, shape or form. You know, whether it's their foot or their butt or their elbow, whatever it is, they are um, always touching you in some way, shape or form. Hmm. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm like, part of me is super tactile and part of me is not tactile. I'm like a cat. <laughs> so I really don't like to be touched unless I'm initiating it. Mm-hmm. I can go a long time without being touched. But if you touch me, you have to touch me the right way. If you touch me the wrong way, it's awful. It's like, ugh, you're tickling me. Ugh, get away. <laughs> but if you touch me the right way, for which for me is like hard pressure. And again, this these are my quirkinesses. I have like sensory issues. So like the light touch, you know, where people like pet you real light with their fingertips. Mm-hmm. I will punch you in the face. <laughs> like it's it tickles. It hurts. Like, I, but and and Ken always says to me that he has to touch me like he's rubbing peanut butter off a panda. I don't know why a panda uh, or peanut butter, but v- like almost like deep tissue massage touch. Yeah. Yep. And for me, if someone knows to touch me that way, it's like, oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like each one of your touches needs to be a weighted blanket on my skin. Ooh. Kind of. Yeah. And it's that just gets me. But it rarely happens. And I have to invite it. So therefore, I'm like a cat. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, so you like pressure. I love pressure, Mm -hmm. too. Like, yeah, like you said, I love that. I love that what you said about that. Like, each touch has to feel like a weighted blanket. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, very visual, right? Yeah, yeah. You can imagine like the weighted blanket on you. Anyway, um, So uh, different kinds of fabrics, right? So in thinking Mm -hmm. about, you know, most of the time, every day we're wearing cotton, right? Um, So it's really important, especially with tactile people, and if you want them to touch you, is to have different kind of different kinds of fabric. So, you know, maybe you're wearing seersucker, maybe you're wearing corduroy or lace or silk or linen or something else that you don't normally wear every day. And I think that's also because you want them to touch it, right? You want them Mm. to touch you because that's how they get, you know, titillated. Right. And then um, again, I'm having them use their hands and um, even some push-pull movements. So gently pushing and pulling in um, can, re- can be really um, sexy for those who are um, tactile, too. 
So, ooh, yeah, ooh. yeah. So, yeah, so there you have it. So, visual, auditory, tactile, all those different ways that people can get seduced. It's so funny because I actually did this workshop for a group of deaf people, mm-hmm. and or it was a kink workshop, and they were, um, and so we were talking about how to actually connect because we, um, I made, I made everybody take the quiz right on their phones and they were like auditory. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, well, the way that you would translate auditory is like all these other different elements. Right. So um, thinking about, uh, maybe you're, you're, you want people to give you questions or wanting people to give you feedback. Just because you can't hear doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't translate, right? Yeah. So, um, so I think that's also something to, to important to note, too, because sometimes people think that, like, well, I don't have this sense or that sense, but this is sort of a, a way um, that you can um, uh, use different things to your advantage, right? Right, so, right. Yeah, in other words, if you don't have visual, most likely those other things are going to pop up. And most of the time, we are a combination of either, you know, you know, one, two, or all three. Mm-hmm. So question, if let's say a couple, it's like, oh, you know, I really need to, let's say my partner is tactile, and I don't relate to tactile at all. So we need to practice. Like, do you advocate like, just incorporating this in the actual moment of, you know, whenever you're getting sexy or are there ways that people can practice this in like a low pressure environment? Like I, I often say like with kink, if you're learning how to flog and this and that, maybe one day go in the living room in yoga pants and just practice flogging to get the feel of it in a low pressure situation. So when it is time to get sexy, you've already experimented with screwing it up and getting feedback from your partner. So are there ways that we can practice these things with our partner in more of like a low pressure, I don't know, research and development sort of environment? Yeah, yeah. I always say like, you can always plant a sex seed is what I call it. And so planting a sex seed is basically doing something little or small to see if it grabs your, you know, your lover's attention, right? So doing something like, you know, sending a, a sexy or naughty pic of yourself, right, to their phone or email or something like that, not their work email, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, you know, uh, pulling out maybe maybe you're 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 thinking about blindfolds. So maybe you pull out or maybe you go and purchase or pull out a blindfold and, you know, you stick it on their uh, passenger seat before they go to work. And so that they see it, right? And to know that, oh, oh, wait, something is about to happen, right? So there's certain, like, little things that you can do. But, like, practicing practicing seduction, you just have to, like, go out and actually <laughs> practice. And mm-hmm. so I always say you can go out and flirt, you know? Um, uh, well, not right now (laughs) (laughs) right you can virtually go out and flirt flirt right now (laughs) oh gosh it's so interesting to think i'm such an extrovert so i really often think about like being in person and i'm an in-person i'm most of the time i'm an in-person person person, so for me i'm like yeah like do this because like flirting on the screen is just seems like almost 
nearly impossible to me, right? Like, my flirting just consists of, do I look pretty on camera? Okay, great. That's it. (laughs) Right, right. But now what about, and this can apply whether you're in quarantine or whether you're listening to this, you know, two or three years from now or however fucking long it takes for this (laughs) pandemic to go away. Um, Or if you're a time traveler, you're listening to this in the past. But... uh, (laughs) Are there ways we can incorporate, like you were saying, texting, send a sexy picture, that sort of thing? Um, what are some of the ways we can flirt via those means that I'm thinking maybe in in now in the pandemic times we can lean a little heavier on? Is yeah. That so thinking about our technology, right? So mm-hmm. maybe uh, something you can do, like a small clip of you masturbating, right? Or maybe it's an audio clip of you talking dirty, you know, saying a couple of sentences. I always like, I'm not that great with my wit or anything, but I have mm-hmm. like a shit ton of dirty talk phrases where I just like replace different words. Um, and then I could record them, send them, and you can just do it like one sentence at a time. And so um, I always say there's always ways around that if you're not particularly witty. Um, or, or, you know, very verbal, like I'm not a super, mm-hmm. super verbal person, like I'm not an auditory person. Right. Um, but um, I know like these are the if it's the way that someone is going to be seduced, then I'm going to do that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sending audio notes. Um, you know, send you could even uh, flirt with them by um, uh sending a story along with maybe a gift right Mm. so even thinking about like love languages if someone's love language is a gift and you have like a long distance lover maybe um telling a detailed story by you know text or by email and have them you know have this build up because seduction really is about you know it's the art of teasing and pleasing right so the more that you build up you can build up to this story, have this gift sent, and boom. And now you're totally up, ready, and, you know, both ready for this, you know, for the for the good time, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, when it comes to seduction mm-hmm. and when it comes to foreplay, I have a couple questions. One, when does the seduction end and the foreplay begin? Is there a really stark line or is it murky? And also... What is foreplay? Because I think a lot of people have either misconceptions or very different ideas of what foreplay actually is. I gotta say, I am pretty happy when my partner is well-groomed below the belt. And I know I'm not alone in that, right? So look, I'm just gonna get straight to it. If your balls smell or your last pube trim was pre-quarantine, you got some work to do. That's why Ken and I both love our sponsor, Manscaped. The Manscaped Perfect Package has every single thing you need for your perfect package. They've redesigned the electric trimmer and called it the Lawnmower 3.0. It has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer reduces nut nicks and snags. Also, never use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls. We like dirty, but not that kind of dirty. Manscaped has redesigned three major formulations that are going to help you with this. 
Well, first, the Crop Mops. They are the go-to wipes if you don't have time to shower before hitting the sack. And then the Crop Preserver is a deodorant for your balls. How cool is that? The Crop Reviver is a testy toner that will give you a little pep in your step and help you smell amazing. Stinky balls are now a thing of the past. The Perfect Package also comes with a traveling kit and a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep you or your partner's junk feeling fresh all day. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. Yep, you heard that right. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Yeah, so it's so interesting, right? Because like if what you just mentioned, seduction and foreplay are murky. Um, one does, you know, one can, you know, bleed into the other. And so I think it's super important to say like, hey, these things are very, very, um, they're in, they're intermingled. And foreplay, we, in the book, we explain, hey, foreplay is sex. And the reason why, um, uh, or, you know, for or foreplay is sex, foreplay can be sex. And the reason why we say that is because with most, like, heteronormative people, they think like, oh, you know, dick in the vagina, that is, uh, that is sex. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, what about oral sex or anal sex? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do that. We do that. Okay, that's sex, right? That's not foreplay. Right. Or when people say, um, you know, I'll have couples that'll a little bit of, that'll be like, I'm like, okay, what do you do for foreplay? Oh, you know, oral sex. We'll give each other. Head. I'm like, it has sex in it, so that's sex. So that's not foreplay. So what are you doing before the sex? And they're like, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, kissing. Uh, you know, it's like right. whoa. Yeah. So really thinking about like, hey, for so if you think foreplay is sex, that's okay. Foreplay is sex. If foreplay is sex to you, but understand that it is sex, mm-hmm. and that foreplay is the tease. Foreplay is the 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 things that you do before the sex, um, as well. And seduction is also part of that piece as well. So it is murky. It's very very right. murky. I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's probably subjective to the to the person. Like there are some people that may consider the dirty talk more seduction and some people might be like no, that's that's the foreplay. But, you know? Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so foreplay, I and I'm glad you said foreplay what we think of as foreplay traditionally, especially in heteronormative situations is sex. Like I'm always just like, "Oh, Sometimes I wish we didn't have the word foreplay because mm-hmm. it it creates these like weird standards that, you know, do a disservice, especially to the people with vaginas. We get the disservice done to us with this whole foreplay concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think about popular media. I was I just finished watching Insecure. Mm. And I notice almost every sex scene aside from just like maybe two 
And and this is in all almost all TV. It's just this is the last show I happen to be watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in every show. People have sex. It's like suddenly, oh, the sex is going to happen. The music starts, and you know if it's if it's a man and a woman, the man climbs on top of the woman and like shoves his dick. In. There is no foreplay. Mm-mm. There is no you know. There's also no condoms, which that's a whole nother conversation. But. Um, has media done a disservice to us when it comes to seduction and foreplay or how much of a disservice has it done to us? Yeah, I think it's done a lot of disservice. Honestly, I can only think of really one powerful foreplay scene that I really enjoyed or that like stuck in my memory because when you see sex in the media number one you hardly ever see women that are having orgasms number two it's so centralized on you know you know p and v you know sex so it's sort of like when I saw remember um did you ever watch set it off no oh my gosh you gotta watch set it off I'm I'm writing that down Making myself a note. Yes, okay. yes. Because so, I need a new show. Yes. So that's perfect and I timing. Think they're trying to do a remake of it, but anyway, the the watch set it off because there's this really great sex scene um, with Jada Pinkett Smith and like there's uh, the four. It was like a it was like a long sort of foreplay scene, and I was like, yes, because you <gasps> hardly like that is the only thing that I that actually pops up in my head when I think about like something that is like memorable in the media when it comes to foreplay um yeah. but otherwise you know i think the media is you know is out for i guess shock value you know they really want to keep you entertained and right. so the passion that ooh, 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 let's get you know let me take your pants down and you know fuck you up against the wall you know is the is the uh standard for um what people think p- passionate sex is. And so I think that's yeah. just like, you know, those those crashing in the door, crashing in the uh, in the house scenes where they're like making out, you know, and then taking their clothes off as they enter the door to the house or the apartment or whatever, you know, knocking down things. That uh-huh. is sort of the entertainment element. But yeah, we haven't really seen... I I haven't. I don't know if you can think of anything, but I know I have not much. And you know, now that I'm th- I'm trying to think about like why I'm getting all analytical, <laughs> and I I really believe that good seduction foreplay, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, really requires the giver or the initiator, whoever's like setting the scene to be a good storyteller. You know, it's like a symphony. You have like the beginning, then, you know, you kind of get intense and then it it builds up to some kind of crescendo. And I have noticed people that aren't good storytellers or just don't have the the natural knack for that kind of pacing sometimes have a hard time. And I think like, because seduction and foreplay requires like a little mini story to be told within a bigger story, TV just doesn't have the time for that. Right, you're right. Yeah, you know, but okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about like, you know, crafting, whether it's your foreplay or whether it's your entire scene. How important is it 
to th- and because this is just I'm not the expert in in seduction and foreplay. You are, so I think it needs to be like you know like a story or old unfolding like a symphony. How important is it to have that pacing? And how if we're, we don't naturally have that, how can we kind of cultivate that? Yeah, so we can, um, so similar to like I was saying earlier, like really taking the time to plant some sex seeds and then water the sex seeds. So I always say like, hey, have have a seduction plan, right? So like think about like, if you want to have sex on Saturday, because that's, you know, your free day or whatever, and it's Monday. Um, but you want to, you know, you want to, you really want to get it on. You really want to make this, uh, you want, really want to create a memorable sexual experience. Go ahead, do something on Monday, plant the sex seed on Monday, and then water it throughout the week. And so thinking about how you are going to get your lover mentally prepared um, so that by Saturday, if they're, if they're totally into like spontaneous sex, um, mm-hmm. you can, you can, make this spontaneous quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's still the same process. Um, because there's some people who are like, I, I only like spontaneous sex, but for that, sometimes that's just really not a reality for a lot of people, especially a a lot of busy people. And so, um, I think it's just important to say like, Hey, if your lover really loves spontaneous sex, then maybe you just need to make a plan and not tell them about it. And therefore they will have the spontaneous experience. Right. Right. It's not a surprise to you, but it's a surprise to them. Exactly. And in the meantime, you can still tease them and, you know, still, you know, do the seduction, um, you know, all throughout the week or however you want to do it. And it's still, um, relevant to the situation right right yeah so okay i want to talk new partners um because you know if you're with if this is a partner you've been with for 12 years you know them you know what your limits are there's this uh, you know kind of unwritten blanket consent that's sort of already been built into your relationship however when you are flirting with somebody new and i have a feeling this this is happening a lot, I think, right now, because some of us are online and we are, and I'm putting this in finger quotes, dating the best we can by, you know, flirting long distance. Maybe we've developed a fling with someone that we do like Skype sex with, that sort of thing. So, and I'm assuming a lot of those people, it might be like, send the dirty picture, maybe the dirty audio clip or whatever, because we're working with technology. But when it's a new person, how do you know? Because you want to like kind of lay it out like a surprise, but you also want to know where that person's boundaries are. If it's maybe the first time you're flirting with them or seducing them. So I think the stereotypical uh, situation that many of us are familiar with is that unwanted dick pic. Um, and it's funny because I'll talk to people who are, you know, in heteronormative dating situations. And it's so funny because it's like you you talk to the women and they're like, fuck those dick pics. Like every once in a while, someone's like, oh, I got a dick pic. It was cool. But a lot of the time people are like, no, you need to tell me when you know. Nah. Right. And if I ask the guys, like, oh, you spontaneously got a pussy pic? They're like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so how do we know when it's okay to start going that far with our flirting? 
Okay, put that thinking cap on. If I were to ask you the name of a member of the Beatles or New Kids on the Block, could you answer in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, then you need to play Trivia Star. Trivia Star is a free mobile quiz game that is entertaining and challenging. You can choose categories like music, sports, movies, TV, animals, celebrities. There's a bunch, over 60 categories to choose from. So there's always more to explore. And you know what category that I am uncannily good at? Food. I feel so seen. (laughs) If you choose the correct answer for multiple choices when you're playing and you beat the clock, you move on to the next level. The questions get harder over time, but if you get stuck, don't worry. You can use coins and gems to get a hint and then beat that level. And Trivia Star has over 2,000 five-star reviews in the Apple Store. So join them today and see if you are smart enough to win. Oh, and right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. All you got to do, just go to the Apple or Google store and search for Trivia Star. That's it. Again, search Trivia Star and enjoy 2,500 coins and 500 gems. When our routines change, and these days, whose routine hasn't changed? It's really easy to forget to check in with yourself. You know, how you feeling? Do you need a break? If you need to hit pause and take a moment to yourself, it's okay. And Dipsy can help. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Now, these are relatable stories that are immersive, so you feel like you're right there, and there's something for everyone, you know, whatever or whoever you are into. They add new content every week, too, so there's always more to explore. You know, find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger or getting closer with that sexy personal trainer you can't stop thinking about at the gym, or maybe even stories about trying a new toy or getting tied up. The wellness sessions, they can help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. Spice things up today with Dipsy. Now, for listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy has something special for you. A 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. Yeah, that's a 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. Well, I always say, like, you know, consent is always best, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think to have that, you you definitely should have those conversations ahead of time, right? Mm -hmm. And so with those conversations, when I talk about consent, I really talk about, you know, are you a person that needs consistent consent? Or are you a person that's like a consensual non-consenter in the sense of everything is okay until I tell you it's not okay, Right. Ah, And also that like, if it's not okay, I'm also not, you know, I might, I might get out of the mood, but I might not get out of mood just because, you know, because I know that this is what we've already established as a boundary for us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, you know, you get the dick pic and you're like, well, I said I was okay with everything. So, you know, like until you'd be like, you know what, the dick pic didn't work for me now, you know, catch me at, you know, make sure or catch me at a different time or whatever. You can always ensure that 
that's okay. But if you're a consistent consenter, you need consistent consent. I would say like having having that conversation ahead of time is going to be on point because you could be like, hey, I would really love to send you a provocative photo. Um, you know, are you okay with that? Or I would really love to send you a dick pic. Are you okay with that? Or I'd really love to send you a pussy pic. You cool with that? And mm-hmm. um, um, or genital pic, whatever it is, you know. And I think you know people would be like, oh yeah, right. And I think that in and of itself is also seductive for people. Or it could be, a, or it could be like, oh okay, that they were granting permission. So in, if you say no, they'll be like, okay, fine. But if right. you say yes, then now that person's like waiting on the pick. And I think that can be drawn out, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is where like people are like, wait, where's my pick? Where's my pick? Because I've had those situations be like, where's my pick? It's been, you know, five minutes. You said you were going to send me a pick. <laughs> like, what happened? And be like, oh, you know, t- I-, I was just wondering or whatever. And you can use that as the seduction piece. So when that, when you send that pick, that's going to be like, whoa, you know, like, you know, a highlight yeah. for them. And I, I love that, you know, you, um, and I, I might call it like, active consent and passive consent but you called it what consistent consent Mm -hmm. and what was the opposite of that consensual non-consent okay okay so and and i love that because for me i am in the bdsm community most people i play with are bdsm so it is our cultural standard to have more of that like uh, you know, consistent consent. Mm-hmm. And if you were to go into, let's say, a more traditional swinger community, it's usually the opposite. It is more like everything's okay until I say it's not mm-hmm. sort of vibe. And that's that's the culture in that community. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I very rarely think in terms of like vanilla dating scenarios because <laughs> I don't do them very often. <laughs> But I think that's a great thing for people to take away is to establish at the beginning of the, I'm not even going to say relationship, the connection. Mm -hmm. What kind of consent style do you prefer? Because getting that out in the open way up front can save so many awkward, you know, all the way to traumatic experiences just to have that conversation so that just like hit me as like I'm going back in time to my vanilla self who you know isn't in a culture that has certain expectations about consent and I love that so those of you out there please do that (laughs) thank you for coming to my TED talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally I think what you said is right on point you know it's just there's a lot of and in and, and in the vanilla world, there's just like not a lot of consent happening, right? There's right. just sort of this playing this guessing game, and so mm-hmm. I, I think every you know you know vanilla folks can definitely learn from um, kinky communities about about that and what that looks like. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So now speaking of cultural influences, how do different cultural influences play into our seduction and flirting? Like we just talked about the you know, the the set standards or the givens in the BDSM community might be different than what they are in the swinger community. But then let's break it down to, you know, are there differences if maybe you're in a lesbian relationship or maybe, um, you know, you're culturally, I don't know, you're from 
uh, <laughs> I don't know, Turkey or something. You know, yeah. like you're from somewhere in Europe or whatever. Are do those? How much do those either smaller or larger cultural differences play into how our seduction style, I guess, hits? the other person. Yeah. So um, I actually, when I'm thinking, when I think about sort of the advanced version of like the seduction learning styles and thinking about mm-hmm. like what I call advanced flirting techniques, one of these things is thinking about like our cautious flirting styles and what we do. And so culturally, like here in the US, you know, we have our bubble. Our bubble is arm lengths away, right? And mm-hmm. anybody who enters that bubble, we tend to, you know, if you enter the bubble, then that means I'm okay with you entering the bubble. But if you enter the bubble and I'm not okay with it, usually I step out of the bubble, right? Um, okay. Or I, I, you know, I hope, you know, people are feeling empowered that they can step out of their bubble or step away or move away or move back. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, but however, in like, you know, Europe, that bubble is way smaller. Right? Mm-hmm. That bubble is, ooh, that bubble is small. That bubble is like <laughs> two feet or something like that. <laughs> so, that bubble, um, so un- understanding the cultural context when someone's in your face, knowing that, oh, hey, this is cultural and that this is not necessarily flirtation, I think that that has implications, of course, geographically, but if we're just thinking about, okay, here in the US, this is how we think we can be vulnerable with someone in our bubble, then that can make a difference. But yeah, Uh I think um, it can vary across cultures. I think about like, black communities, in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, mostly because I'm black. But um, when I'm thinking about black communities, and I'm thinking about consent, and I ask them, hey, you know, what are you, do you like consistent consent? Like, can I touch you here? Can I touch you there? Or do you think you're more consensual non-consent? And it's overwhelmingly consensual non-consent. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's over, not overwhelmingly, but the majority is consistent or consensual non-consent. Whereas if I'm in more white communities or I'm in Mm -hmm. more mixed race communities, it seems to be like maybe half and half. Or, right. or even more consistent consenters, when I think that's absolutely fascinating. So even thinking about how we grow up or how we're socialized can be a huge implicator on whether we prefer consistent consent or consensual non-consent. And that can yeah. even go for experiencing trauma, too, right? And most people mm-hmm. who, who have experienced trauma seem to be majority uh, consistent consenters. And so I think that also is, is huge in, to think about the cultural implications around consent. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think about, you know, most of my life, I, you know, was in a default where everything was that consensual non-consent. Mm-hmm. And and I think be, it's because of my traumas, you know, I finally learned as an almost in my 40s, you know, I realized like there is another way and I am very much a consistent consent person and it's just where I feel safe. But yeah, culturally, I didn't even know that was an option until like almost into my fourth decade of life because it's just nothing that I had ever experienced in my world. Yeah. 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 And I think it's so fascinating. It's amazing. Too. And now what we start to see on media, I'm, I'm watching um, <laughs> on Netflix, I just finished uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters. 
And um, I'm oh. noticing like the use of consent in in this, and I'm like, oh, this is so fascinating how they're modeling consent, um, especially for Gen Z people. So this is, yes. you know, it's so different from you know the way you or I grew up, where you know mm-hmm. if you didn't hug that relative, you know you you got a whooping or you got a whatever, right? Like yeah. Where as opposed to yeah. now, it's like you don't have to hug that relative. You don't if you don't feel comfortable or whatever the case may be. It's totally just it's just different. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting because I have two kids that are adults. Uh, my oldest is twenty five, so she's more of like you know the tail end of millennial. And then her younger sister is six years younger. She's going to be nineteen in a month, and she is solidly Gen Z. And I even look at like their generational differences over six years. And I see in my Gen Z kids, you know, greater social group, consent is a thing, you know, uh, being more emotionally vulnerable Mm -hmm. and authentic and intimate on an emotional level, no matter your gender, no matter who you raise. It is just the default, which I find fascinating because it's like those are the people that are going to carry our culture and change our culture as they get older and and you know start mixing in the pool of grown-ups which they're starting to do now um so and and i guess that that's where i kind of want to end is like i have been seeing a trend i have no idea if there you know this is actually true or if it's just my anecdotal observation but what I have been seeing, and this is before the quarantine and, uh, you know, our lockdowns and whatnot, I have been seeing us as a American society leaning more into being emotionally vulnerable, mm-hmm. being emotionally intimate, that sort of thing, um, you know, especially for people who are cis men, you know, who are mm-hmm. are told from society like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Now it's like, no, you can cry, you can be vulnerable, you can, you know, uh, talk about your feelings, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I've noticed, then moving us into quarantine, it's almost like that trend went into hyperdrive because now we're all collectively in like some PTSD traumatized episode because of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And also we can't connect physically. Right. So I would love to hear your observations on, you know, how do you think or do you think at all that this may change our flirting style, our relating style, our seduction style, you know, leaning more towards that emotional intimacy as opposed to the physical. Is it going to make a big impact? Oh, yeah, definitely. I I think, you know, the pandemic has is definitely um, changing the way that we relate, right? There were, there were moments Mm -hmm. where people were like, Oh, you know, long distance or, you know, web, you know, long distance relationships aren't really, you know, full relationships, or they'll say like, Oh, you know, dating apps, you know, you can't really find anybody on dating apps. And now like people are finding people on dating apps. So it's sort of like, right. Um, we have to realize that we're, our society in itself has changed because, because of the pandemic. But I think it also gives us opportunities to, um, to have new ways of connecting, right? So new ways of being emotionally vulnerable, new ways of, you know, connecting with technology. And so I feel like it's an opportunity to do something that's a little bit different than what we're used to. Um, now, is there a substitution for touch? No, 
Absolutely not. There's not a substitution for touch. Um, Just thinking about the way that babies, you know, babies die if they don't get touched. Um, Right. You know, we need touch. We need intimacy in order for that, you know, mental, physical, emotional, you know, sexual health balance. And so it's super, super important that we do not, uh, that we we still can stay connected through touch. I think it's super, super important. So we can't leave touch behind. um, And we need to think about, you know, our ways of connecting. Because sometimes people even feel alone, you know, um, even, you know, even though they're emotionally connected, maybe through the through the lens, through the glass, whatever. At the same time, if they're not being touched, it's going to it's going to it's going to it's going to hurt. It's not you know, you're not yeah. getting the hormones you need. You know, you're not getting the, the things that you need through, you know, by not touching. So, yeah, like that oxytocin. That's like, right. Ken and I hug each other and we like you know, I don't know if you have cats, but like, you know, when you, you grab your cat and you go to hug it and they want to let go and they're like, eh, oh, yeah, but you're like, I'm hugging you. I'm hugging. Stay still. Like we do that to each other, like jokingly. And we're like, stay here. Oxytocin. Give me 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Oxytocin. Yes. And the other one's like, me. You know? <laughs> but I mean, it, it it's important, you know, even for somebody like me where I would say most of the time I'm sort of touch avoidant just because of my weird sensory issues, but I still need that. I still need that mm-hmm. forced oxy, that consensual non-consent oxytocin hug, mm-hmm. you know, like, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm curious to see, you know, how we're going to turn out in that respect. And I think that's a negative, obviously a very negative outcome of this, but I think, I really think a positive outcome is we are, becoming more emotionally vulnerable and transparent and we're taking down those like walls of like I'm going to be tough and I'm not going to let people see how I'm maybe suffering or depressed or Mm -hmm. anxious or you know I, I think us all being honest about that is a good thing and I also feel vindicated because like I've always been a huge proponent of virtual sex. Maybe now I'm thinking about it, maybe because I am auditory. Like, Mm. I love, I love doing like BDSM scenes on Skype. That is my per, because it's like, I don't have to clean the house. I don't have to do, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, I have to clean a square as big as my camera. And it's very low pressure for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I've taught like virtual BDSM classes on our on my show, Sex with Sunny Megatron 2014. We had a, a virtual orgy segment and I was like, people are gonna love this. And everyone was like, mm. why when I can fucking real and now everyone's like, what episode was that virtual orgy segment on? And I'm like, I told y'all, I told y'all <laughs> that this <laughs> I knew, I knew I'd be right eventually. Okay, so. yes. Sometimes you yeah. know we're ahead of our times, you know? Like yeah. I have been t- like I said, I've been teaching teaching this for 10 years and now it's finally starting to pick up but it's just like sometimes you know sometimes we're just ahead of our time that's all you know you know what we're, we're sex profits that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay on on our ending note is there anything else about seduction and flirtation and foreplay that you didn't get to say that you think it's important for people to know hmm that um you know Starting off with a genuine, you know, compliment will help you in a in a, in more ways than one. 
So I think mm. if we learn to connect by just figuring out what we like about another person, I think is really invaluable. So I encourage people to 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 find that to find that piece. I love it. I love it. And then on a larger note, uh, one. Tell us about what you've got going on. I know you've got your book, and we need to know where to... And there will be links, by the way, for those American fuckers listening. All this stuff, there will be links in the show notes for this episode at americansexpodcast.com for all of the things we talk about that you need a link for. Just go there. Um, But like, there's your book. There's the race and kink discussions that you're doing. What else have you got going on? Yes, Sex Down South. So Mm -hmm. the Sex Down South conference, uh, we're we're splitting it. So um, it's virtual in uh, September. So it's September 10th through the 12th. And that's happening. So you can get your tickets at sexdownsouth.com for those virtual con tickets. And then you can um, also go to... um, Oh, and our in-person conference is January (laughs) 21st through the 23rd. Um, so that hopefully we'll have a vaccination by then. Let's cross our fingers. Um, so we're hoping to meet in person uh, again uh, in January. And then, of course, in 2021, we'll always have it in September. So Sex Down South is happening. Yes, the Racing Kink discussion series. Um, I'm also partnering with Kink Virtual on that platform. So I'll be, um, you can be on the lookout. We'll be doing um, our night events on the Kink Virtual platform for Sex Down South. So if you want to take a look at it then, if you register for the conference, you'll be able to uh, get your uh, weekend pass uh, for free for that. And then um, I think that, oh, and I'm also doing, uh, partnered with a, a TV producer. So we are looking for uh, polyamorous or non-monogamous uh, couples or healers, therapists, counselors um, for people to, uh, if you want to be on TV. So, Ooh. yeah. Sweet. I screamed, by the way. I saw you on uh, Killer Mike's show on Netflix, and I had no idea you were on it. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, your face came on the screen, and I start screaming across <laughs> the house to get up, like, Mama's on TV! <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt when I saw you in real life. I was like, Sonny Megatron is here! It's <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, thank you. This has been amazing. I feel better about flirting and seduction because I always felt a, a little like I was a little backwards, like I missed an episode or a class in the seduction and flirting unit. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. So I feel better. Thank you. Um, and uh, I hope we talk again. This has been great. And mwah, love yes. you. Mwah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Alrighty, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. 
And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.